0: And here we are again with Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us. And we, you know, we do come your way, as I tell you on every single program, uh, 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Sundays, 1 a.m. Monday mornings, streaming live at RichardDugan.com, as well as uh, podcasting on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, Player FM, Blueberry as well as on our homepage of richarddugan.com and the programs or radio shows page of RichardDugan.com. if you like what we're doing you'd like to help us out financially we would be ever so grateful we have a paypal and patreon account where you can uh, support us financially and any little bit every great amount would be uh, most appreciated thank you thank you thank you to those who have helped us financially those who will help us a thank you thank you thank you to you too we'll take energetic support as well well, speaking of energy, we've got some good energy on the program. It's some good healing energy. Hallelujah. Amen to that. Uh, we are bringing back to our microphones and Skype and Zoom and all the other stuff that's on the Internet. Kathy Groover. And uh, Kathy, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Uh, the last few times we've had you on, you've had a new book. I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't have a new book. And thanks for joining us you bet i'm really happy to be back and i don't
1: have a new, well i don't know it depends on when i was back last i might have a new- <laughs> <laughs> i i turned them out so quickly i don't know when uh, i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah I, and i have to wonder maybe the first book uh, you know you wrote second book you just reversed all the pages and put page 967 in front and number one back to 967 that's a new book and you just reshuffle the pages and, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, I took out all the thes in
0: one version. That was really exciting. How about taking out all the verbs?
1: Ooh, that would be good. Making like a giant Mad Lib.
0: Yeah, it really would. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of Mad Libs during this uh, sequestration. I'll tell you. I'll bet. I will. I can only imagine. You know, during this sequestration, and I, when someone uses that word, I'm going, "So, so you're on jury duty again? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, quarantining." Uh, stay at home you can call it whatever you want it's really been and is becoming quite a struggle for a lot of folks to the extent that there are people who they're getting really ticked off that they can't go back to work because the government is telling them to stay home because if you don't and then there's the other group that's all pissed off because of the numbers. They're saying this is a data-driven virus. I'm thinking, you know, that's a very interesting because I thought I didn't think viruses were digital, other than computer viruses. I I, I stand sure. corrected. Um, and we've got all of this stuff going on, and I'm not necessarily asking you to to address any of that, but to address the issue of How this is affecting us physiologically, biologically, medically, our health on all of the different levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Uh, This is uh, they they use the word unprecedented, not only with the virus, because we do not have a vaccine. Allegedly, I've heard some stories on the interwebs, Um, but. And I I have to say, too, that the government did something that I never thought they would do. Tell you to go home. Shut down businesses. Go home. Wait until it's over. I've been advocating for 40 years, uh, uh, Kathy. Shut down the airlines for two weeks when the influenza hits the United States. At the end of the two weeks, it's over. I honestly believe if we had done that right at the beginning, we wouldn't be where we are today. But do they listen to me? No. (laughs) Talk to us about the ramifications to our personal well-being.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's so many layers to this. I'm actually pulling out a piece of paper because there's so many things that I have an answer to on this. So, the first off, it's yes, this is definitely unprecedented. And the big problem with this is the unknown. Now, we fear the unknown anyway. But, I mean, I'm for all intents and purposes, unemployed right now. Normally, if I'm gonna be unemployed, it's my choice. I take a couple weeks off, I take a couple days off, I extend my weekend a little bit longer. I feel like we're on sort of like a forced 70-day weekend. (laughs) So I don't know what day of the week it is, I don't know what, you know. Um, I have zero income coming in, which is fine for the moment, but it's the fact of we don't know when this will end. That's what has so many people on edge. Because normally if there's a stressful situation, we kind of can see an end point in place. This we have no idea what the end point is. And then with that end point, we don't know if this is gonna spark another outbreak, which everyone predicts it will, and then what that means. So I think there's such a what if scenario going on. And typically, when we what if, we what if negative stuff. We're not what ifing the good stuff. We tend to ruminate that negative future in the middle of the night. So I think that's the biggest thing right now. Is so much unknown, and so we're filling in the ending ourselves. Uh, We're making things up in our heads, which you know, what we have plenty of time to. Uh, So I think that's the first part of it. I think the other part of it is our routines are completely thrown off. We're not exercising the same. We're not eating the same. We're not socializing the same, which is affecting our mental health. It's affecting our sleep. Um, I just started a Facebook group called the Empowerment Project, and the conversation the other day with all the people in it was about all the crazy dreams we're all having. Because our subconscious is uh, has the ability to go absolutely mad right now and create all these just like really ridiculous dreams. And I've read a couple articles about why we're all dreaming so weird during this age of COVID. So I think that's that's mainly it. Is it's causing stress from the unknown and it's messing with our routine, which is leading to other problems. So I think those are the two big things right now.
0: You know how when we were kids growing up watching TV, uh, you'd watch an episode of something that you really liked, and the episode was a standalone?
1: Uh
0: I'll get to the point on this. Today, uh, you watch an episode of one of uh, your, your, your favorite TV shows, and it's tied into last week, and next week will be tied into this week. In other words, it's a, they've, they've figured out that if we can create a storyline, we'll keep them hooked. Uh-huh. My yep. wife just shared with me that she is having what I will I will use this term. she is having serial dreams. Uh-huh. Monday's dream ties into Tuesdays ties into Wednesdays ties into Thursdays. Uh-huh. And she's waking up exhausted. Now she's been furloughed since the 18th of March. uh uh-huh. Um and we do try to get out to the valley once a week to do shopping. We'll grab some to go lunch. Uh you know, we'll you know, do what we need to do to restock certain things. We are not hoarding ladies and gentlemen. I want to tell you, <laughs> please stop it. Please stop it. There's more. The supply is there. Yeah. Do not mess with the demand. Don't get more than you need. I uh, would say that not. right now in our pantry we have 12 Rolls of toilet paper. Okay. Am I going to go out and buy more right now? Not until we get down to the last two. Of course, some would say, you know, that's awful risky, Richard. Yeah, well, I have other methods if need be. And you need to think about that too, that there isn't right. just one way uh, in that regard. I won't go any further there. But <laughs> let's talk a little bit. Let's start with, since you brought it up, it's your fault. Dreams. Let's talk about that. Let's talk. Uh, maybe you can uh, enlighten us a little bit as far as uh, what you have read about uh, these these crazy dreams that people are now having.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I can tie that to what I learned as a hypnotherapist. We did a lot of studying about dreams. Typically, we only remember <clears throat> the dreams that that late morning dream Um we dream throughout the night. We tend to not remember those because we have them and then they get filed away in the subconscious and then we don't remember them. We remember those dreams right before we wake up first thing in the morning. So first off, those are the ones we tend to remember. Um, Dreams are often used for venting. So our brain, when we sleep, files memories away i don't know if you saw the movie inside out about the f- the five emotions and little pixar movie i think that was actually pretty accurate and i do picture little blobs running around my brain with filing cabinets of course i'm also <laughs> capricorn so if i could put everything in little filing cabinets that would be fabulous color coding even better so there you go. there's you know the little blops running around filing things and it decides what we need to sort of put in the Eh, we don't need that filing cabinet and it decides up eh, we should probably that was what we learned how to drive. That's important. We should remember that. And so it goes through and it files things and this is how we dump out everything we do all day. So because we have so many unknowns and because we have so many stressors and stuff right now, our subconscious is like, holy crap we have to deal with this this might be too much for our conscious brain let's create a story um so it's running rampant with all of these it does that with a flourish too i'm doing hand gestures which you can't tell on the radio um let's create a story and we have all this you know these things that are happening it's funny i actually in this group is a friend of mine she does um like estate sale stuff and she helps people get things appraised and she deals in antiques and the dream that she shared but she was called for a job. She went into the house. She was told to you know, appraise everything. What can we sell all this for? And then the person who wanted her to appraise the house opened up the door, and there were the two dead people that had actually owned the house, and they wanted her to sell them too.
0: <laughs> wow. Is there extra for that? I wonder. I wonder if there's an extra. I don't
1: know. I don't know what kind of price you get for two corpses, but I mean, it's like, that's an example of our subconscious unconscious, just going "Yeah, We're going to just screw with you because we are trying to process all of this stressful stuff. And so symbols, metaphors, um, uh, you know, um, archetypes, that's pretty much how we dream. Uh, that's how we process things in our subconscious. So yeah, so we're all having weird dreams and it's not, and our, our sleep cycles are thrown off. You know, you probably don't have to wake up at 6 a.m. to the alarm to rush to work at 7 because ain't no work. So yeah. you're sleeping longer. You're sleeping different. Our diet, our exercise, I mean, all of this ties in. And, you know, when we think of health, we think it's just an absence of disease. That's not true. Just because you don't have a diagnostic code doesn't mean you're healthy. There's sexual health and financial health and emotional health and spiritual health and, you know, all these things that go towards this bucket we label health. Um, and when one of those gets thrown off, it's going to affect the others.
0: Yeah. Well, my uh, my wife uh, is so off kilter and she said i just feel so my timing is off and i said everybody's timing is off now uh-huh. i'm still going to work okay i still have a job to go to and i hope right. that doesn't get me in trouble with those who don't but um uh, but there's no guarantee about anything and um she was up literally all night until 5 a.m this morning uh-huh. listening to music on her uh, on her phone yeah. And she was a little upset about that. I said, hey, 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 don't worry about it. You're out of sorts. Everybody's out of sorts. Everybody's doing mm-hmm. strange things and so forth. Uh, and it's OK. I'm just I'm just yeah. trying to tell her it's OK. Whatever she's going through, it's OK. Uh, yeah. And I said, I knew you were up all night because every so often I'd roll over and I'd look out the the, the window to the porch and I saw the refl- the light reflecting off of the ceiling of the porch. Uh, or when you got into bed, I could hear your earphones. I could hear the music in your earphones. But and of course, you go, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to wake us. You. you didn't wake me. I, I, you know, I just when I would roll over, I would just, oh, okay, and I'd go back to sleep. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, so this is just what's happening. Uh, and of course, uh, I'm trying to keep everybody calm. In, in you yes. know, I, I I have to tell you that from the beginning of all of this, I have been very excited. I have been very optimistic. I have been thinking of all of the opportunities that I don't even Uh know of yet that may actually come about through all of this. Yes. And trying to promote that. Now, at the same time, I'm also trying to uh, uh, be realistic from the standpoint of maintaining social distancing, but also acknowledging we're interdependent on one another Uh and uh, pointing out the reality and the folly of some people's mentality right now, I was watching a video of um, protesters driving their cars and honking their horns as they circled the state capitol in Phoenix, Arizona. They interviewed a couple of the protesters who said, look, the government should uh, reopen the economy. We're smart enough. We know better than to, you know, to get closer than six feet in this and that. and the other. We'll do all of the things that are necessary. And there's also the phrase about how this is a, uh, a data driven uh, virus, right? Well, when you start looking at the numbers, you start seeing how many people have been affected, infected and have died. Whether the numbers have been padded or not, there have been people who have been affected, infected and have died. And what does that tell you? It tells you that we aren't smart enough to know (laughs) to stay away from each other. We don't do it when the influenza goes around and we have a vaccine for that, supposedly. Uh, and yet it still spreads and hundreds of thousands of people uh, end up getting it. And 2015 to 20 to 30,000 people end up dying every year because we don't stay away. They wanted to keep the schools open. I heard the logic saying, well, we keep the schools open because, you know, the kids are fine. They're, they're they're That's the breeding ground. <laughs> that's where the parents right. get it from the kids because the kids share it. So." Yeah. I I find the law and maybe this is one of the side effects of the virus. I don't know where people just aren't thinking anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is, is, do you think that I'm not speaking specifically of the virus, but of the underlying or the undercurrent of, you know, I don't have a job to go to and there's not a whole lot of money coming in. I may have an employment or nothing or what have you. Do you think that this is messing with the logical part of our brains?
1: Oh, Absolutely. I mean, when we are stressed, one of the things that stops is that logical, rational thought, because we just have to react. Um, if you if there's a bear chasing you and you have to run away or fight, the last thing you're going to do is stop and think about, you know, math problems and, you know, complicated, <laughs> higher function brain things. What
0: am I going to have know, for you, dinner? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's
1: probably I, I want to have sex when I get home. You're probably not at the top of your mind. When, I mean, maybe, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, but I don't care. Um Clearly, I haven't been out of the house much. I'm punchy already. I hear you. Uh, you know, yeah, thank you. So, you know, I think, oh, it, there's so many things to that. Uh, I don't think COVID causes stupid. I think that's just out there already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I do think it taps into this taps into our greatest fears. Because if you look at any irrational fear, and ask what would happen? What would happen? What would happen? What would happen? It basically just boils down to death. Even things like fear of public speaking, fear of heights, fear of, I mean, all of that stuff plays into that unknown and that death. Um, If we place our identity as a slight diversion, if we place our identity into our job and suddenly that's pulled from us, who are we? What are we going to do with ourselves? How are we going to survive? That ego of ourselves does not have an identity to go to if I am no longer massage therapist, hypnotherapist, public speaker. Who am I? I don't exist then. You know, because we've placed so much emphasis on these external labels. That was a sideline. Going back to this whole fight, flight, freeze thing, um, we have a tendency to blame others for things, even if we've done something wrong when we're stressed. We have the ability to take irrational risks, more irrational risks when we're stressed. And that higher functioning, that higher thinking, that logic, that reason, that rationality, goes out the window when we're stressed well we're adding financial stress some people are afraid of getting sick and and again because we don't know when this is going to end if we knew okay may 15th we're done everyone goes back to work blah 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 it's fine we don't have that Um, it's this floating future that is so unknown and even for people who i mean i have money set aside i'm fine right now. This pushes into June or July. That can start my stress response because I think, oh, crap, am I going to have to tap into retirement? Like, where am I getting the money to cover this? So I think that stress, that unknown is, of course, it's making us behave irrationally. And then depending on which news network you watch or which website you look at or which tweet you read, we're also getting information that is not true. Um, I had a you know, I was chatting with a client who I hadn't seen in a while. I'm trying to keep in touch with people, and she went off about not so much the data-driven, that you know, disease, but that we shouldn't be doing this. And the politicians are doing this because they love it, and you know, it's like, whoa, you're a rational, intelligent person, but because of this fear, she's tapping into that. Uh, the fear mongering. This is this is where stuff like this is dangerous because it is easy to control a society that's in fear right now. Mm. That was a very long answer, but yeah, well, that covered a lot of stuff.
0: No, that's good. That's absolutely good uh, because one of the things that you know, and of course, I am out and about. Okay uh i am still able to i I go to the store and i pick up the things that we need but i'm also very conscious of the fact that it's not just me anymore that is going to catch whatever's out there covid or otherwise but it's uh it's my wife and she has a pre-existing condition asthma and the last thing she needs is this so i've even told her i says we now have a travel trailer i says look if you ever feel uncomfortable when I get home, I will go into the trailer, I will uh, jump in a shower, uh, I will change clothes, and then I'll come in a house. And not until. Yep. And I'll do that. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I remind her of that every so often, just in case. But I also work very hard consciously to keep my distance from people. Yes. I, helped, I helped a gentleman uh, with some gas, uh, fill up his car with gas uh, this morning. And he kept getting closer and closer, so I kept backing up, backing up, backing up. And he actually, when I, uh, when we were finished with our transaction at the gas station, he wanted to come over and shake my hand or give me a hug, and he stopped himself. Thank goodness, he stopped himself. But um, it's one of those, uh, one of those things where my my feeling versus thinking is that it's going to be okay. There's something inside of me. Like, kind of like uh, uh, that thing inside of me that says my life has meaning that also yeah. says this is OK. Th- I mean, it's OK in that it's going to be fine. Just if you have to just hold on to the handrail, if that's what you need to do, go ahead and hold on to the handrail. But know yep. that it's going to be OK and then help other people to calm down, help other people to find that peace. And that's why and I haven't shared this with you before. I declared back in September that 2020, which is where we are now, it will be and is the year of perfect vision, inner vision that we need to go within. Talk to us about, let's just say, listening to that still small voice, that higher self, that divine self. uh, If you want to call it God, fine. Our intuition uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of counteracting the external world's perceived chaos.
1: Yes. So this i'm gonna say what you just said is two separate things because i think that that feeling that we have um feelings get us in trouble feelings are not facts people feel unsafe they feel stress they feel fear um so i don't know that i would call it a feeling necessarily but i do like that you called it that inner stillness and that that still voice inside of us Mm -hmm. i think they're two separate things just and there's no words to describe spirituality that's one of the problems Um, Mm Eckhart Tolle says that all the time. There's just no right words to describe some of this stuff. So this is going to be one of those conversations that's tough with words. Um, I think that we all have, well, I know this. We all have different aspects of our personality. You have radio personality, Richard. You have partner, Richard. You have this nurturing part that if a little kid ran up to you in a mall and said, help me find my mommy, I'm lost. You have a part of you that could come out and help this kid. That's not radio personality, Richard. That's a completely different aspect of yourselves. So we have these different aspects of our personality that we can bring out, usually it will, if we know they're there, whenever we want to. And I think that still inner voice is just balance. I think it's harmony. I think it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And we so often, we're so busy talking over that part of ourselves it's like when the parents are having a conversation, a little kid is trying to talk, and they don't either tell the kid to be quiet or acknowledge that the kid is talking. They just keep talking over this child that's going, Mom, 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 Mom. Drives me crazy because <laughs> I don't have kids. so. Um, but I think that inner stillness that you're talking about just sits there and patiently waits. Mm. It, doesn't have, it doesn't want to interrupt us. It just sits there and says, OK, when you're ready for me, I'm here. And I think if we would be quiet for just a moment and turn the phone off and get off and the YouTube and the video games and the um, chatter, chatter, chatter from everything that's happening, not only external to ourselves, but also internal to ourselves, then we'll catch a glimpse of that presence. We'll catch a glimpse of that stillness. And that's what meditation is about. And that's what mindfulness is about. And that's what some subsets of yoga is about and martial arts. You know, it's about finding that stillness within. We all have it. Some of us have it covered with more gunk than others. And it's a matter of just brushing all that noise aside for a brief moment and letting that stillness happen. Mm -hmm. And that's scary. Stillness is scary. Silence is scary. And I have talked to a lot of people who don't want to meditate because then they feel like they're being closed in on. They feel like all of that darkness that they feel in their daily life is gonna come and just smother them. Um, So it's a scary place to be. And I think it's necessary for our growth, for our true vision, for that um, evolution and that consciousness. And this is not a religious thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't care what religion you are. We can either be conscious or not. Mm. Um, in fact, it seems like the more people pile religion on, the less conscious we get sometimes. Yeah. Because uh, there's too much noise. Exactly. Much noise. Yeah. And it's 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 frankly sitting in that still quiet space, just like you said, that leads us to that evolution that leads us to having no fear. Because then you're purely present, and in this present moment, nothing is wrong.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that um, I have found interesting about this this process we're going through, and it is it is a process, uh, is yes. um, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, that it is what it is. We cannot change it, at least not presently. But I have actually put this question to a number of people, and this is more of a metaphysical and spiritual perspective, and I'd be curious as to yours and see if I can keep this simple. It has been said to me over the course of my uh, 40 years in this business and, pl- and a few more years than that in my search, my metaphysical life, my spiritual walk, <clears throat> that um, uh, what's, whatever's going on in the outside world Uh, Natural things, earthquakes, hurricanes, floods, uh, you can list whatever you want, volcanic eruptions. You have conflicts between individuals and groups of people all over the planet. That is a representation of something that's going on inside of us. Okay. That in a manner of speaking, we created those outer events because of the turmoil that's going on within us. All right. Does that make sense? Yes. So the question, uh, and then there's there's usually a reason behind us creating those scenarios. So the question that I have raised to people is, with that in mind, why has humanity created this scenario? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, the coaching group that I'm a part of CTI. um, It's a coaching training that I'm going through. We've been having every week, we've been having um, hundreds of people from around the world get on a Zoom call and have what they call a brilliant conversation. And the point of a brilliant conversation is kind of like what we're doing right now, just expressing ourselves and kind of bouncing off each other. And there's no, it's not to seek an answer. It's not to be right. It's just to express, and to see what comes out of the conversation. I think they're fabulous. And the very first one they had was how is COVID acting as a co-facilitator, basically? Mm-hmm. So if you're you know doing coaching training, how is COVID acting as a partner? And it was fascinating to hear these people from around the world talking about that. And some expressed, God, if they're my co-facilitator, I am really pissed at them. I don't like them. They're challenging me. They're doing things I don't like, just like a human would. I mean, so if you kind of look at it that way um, of what, um, what this is forcing us to do, it's forcing stillness. It's forcing resilience. It's forcing creativity and how we think, how we act. Um, it's, pushing us out of our comfort zone. It's pushing our boundaries and limitations. Um, It's forcing us to really think what is important in my life. Because, you know, frankly, you know, I was seeing 25 to 30 clients a week. Now I'm seeing zero. So I now have a decision to make of when I get back from this, when this, this opens back up and my practice is back in full swing, do I still want to keep 30 clients a week? You know, maybe I want to do 20 or 22 or, you know, it's it's allowing me the space to really take a look at my life and say what is important and what isn't. So I think that's part of it. The other thing is, is I don't get sick very often ever. Frankly, the least of my fears of this is getting COVID. Like that I, I'm still being very safe. I wear my mask. I also go out, uh, but I keep my distance. I wear my mask. Um, I'm not concerned at all about getting it um i hope i don't have it and have spread it to others when before we knew what was all going on Mm -hmm. um my fear about it is how people are going to come out of this on the other side and what is going to happen to my speaking problem completely right now um but i think the other thing it's doing is that the times that i have gotten sick and it's been rare cold something like that I look at that as sort of a control alt delete for those PC users oh, yeah. it's time to reset mm-hmm. it's time to redo everything um and sometimes I think we need that I think this is definitely that for the planet look at what is happening with our ecosystem and our environment I mean waterways are clearing up and this the, you can see mountains and countries you haven't seen them before you know it's like this is basically I think on, on one way mother nature's way of saying look guys you've been screwing with me long enough boom I need a break. Sit in your house. Stop polluting me. Stop abusing me. Um, Again, that was a complicated answer, but I love these questions because it just brings up like so much brilliant conversation. Um, So, yeah, I think it's I think it's offering those things to us. I think it's a catalyst for change. And I agree with you. I think we're going to come out of this on the other side, a better culture, a better nation, a better world.
0: Now, there are going to be those who will say, well, that's all fine, well and good for the ecosystem. But what about the economic system? Hey, look at, And, and I, have, I have heard the stories. I can't remember which governors it was who said that they would be willing to die to preserve our economy for their children and their grandchildren. And I thought, that's not noble. That's selfish. Because if you do not take care of this virus and squelch it in some fashion, more people are going to die. And I'm curious about what the break point would be as to the number of people that would have to die or be incapacitated and now be on the uh, the disabled list in order for the economy to be adversely affected. I mean, we have over 350 million, probably closer to 4 million people in this country. All right. What if half of those people were in those two categories that I listed, dead or disabled? Because this virus does that. It disables you, not just the short term, the long term. And, And it's like. So the economy is more important than the people. But without the people, yeah. you don't have an economy. I mean, it's it's not even a chicken and the egg question.
1: Right. It's there. Mm-hmm. The toolbox that they have, the glasses that they are wearing does not allow them to see that. And yes, the economy, the profit, the bottom line is absolutely more important than humanity. This is why we have people in the government who want to chop down forests and loosen regulations on cars and coal and mercury and all this stuff because they are more concerned with the bottom line than the health and safety of the planet and its inhabitants. This saddens me there is no, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't reason with stupid. Uh, you cannot have a rational conversation with someone who's irrational. And I think over time, and maybe not in this lifetime, maybe in the afterlife, whatever that may be, I think they're going to get it at some point in some way or another. Um, but unfortunately they don't see it that way. Uh, Now I, I love making money I think we all deserve prosperity and abundance. I mm-hmm. think we all deserve to make a good living. Like I said, my biggest, one of my biggest stresses of this virus thing is it's really crippling my financial health. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a concern about that. However, I cannot put my financial wants over humanity. I cannot put my financial stipulations over my client needs, over my patient needs. And I think that's where the, the balance point is. So I don't know how many people would have to die for them to get it because we've certainly seen enough TV movies and and TV shows and, you know where <laughs> it doesn't end that way they no. just they are just greedy and that's just it. That's their personality. and unfortunately that also to me equals horribly asleep. Um, that still space in them is so buried with greed and power. Um, that unfortunately, I don't think it's going to come out in this lifetime. No. Um, I could be wrong. And and again, I'm not faulting anybody who's worried. I'm concerned about money. I, I fault no one who says, oh my God, please, let's get back to work. Believe me, I tried to work as long as I could before the California Massage Council went, seriously, folks, stop working. We'll take your license. And I went, crap, I guess I'm going to stop working. Yeah. Um, mainly because I wanted to care for my clients, but also I did have that fear of, crap, am I going to have enough? So I'm not faulting anyone who's concerned about money or wants to make more money or any money, but it can't come at the cost of humanity.
0: I would uh, completely agree with you that I understand that there are people that are concerned. I remember when my wife was furloughed, she was in tears because they selected her. And I tried to explain to her that on two levels, it was the right decision for them to make. Now, she wasn't the only one. There were others, too. She's full time. She's been there for 14 years, which means she's probably making more money than uh, most of the people there who are at lower levels and lower years there. And she's also in the high risk area. So I said, in addition to them saving money with your income, not going out, they're also trying to save your life because you're in that high risk area. So though it may not seem like they're being compassionate and understanding and considerate, Actually, they are. They really are Uh, because they want you to come back. They furloughed you. They didn't lay you off. And furlough, hopefully, still means that you you can go back when they open things up, which it does sound like from this conversation we're having now, it does sound like that's what's going to happen. We're talking with Kathy Groover. You uh, are a massage therapist. Um, You're a trapezist. Is that, is that right, trapezist? Trapeze artist. Trapeze, Trapeze okay. artist. <laughs> I'm a like trapezist. I like creating new words.
1: Trapezist. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> no, I was in. I, I was in. Tra- this was months and months and months ago. I was in Trader Joe's and the guy was checking me out. You know, at the not checking me out, but like checking my groceries out. And he stops and he looks at me and he goes, "Oh, are you a swinger?" And uh. I thought, "Oh my God!" Why would you ask me that? That is the most forward. And then I realized I was wearing a trapeze shirt, as I typically am. Still, it was a weird question. And I went, oh, what? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a, I'm a trapeze artist. And he goes, oh, I didn't know what to call it. And I'm thinking, yeah, swingers are right, but thank you for asking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, have, uh, you have, what, an extensive knowledge, uh, Let's shall, shall we say, in um, holy, homeopathic and uh, naturopathic medicine, uh, herbology, that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah. So I play with homeopathics and herbs. Um, I'm a traditional naturopath, so I can't say naturopath medicine, but yeah, I, I have a pretty good working knowledge of, of all things, natural health. Um, and actually I have a pretty good working knowledge of Western medicine because I just find it fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, and as myself and my family and my clients have gone through certain things, I tend to research the heck out of it in a rational way. Uh, because the more I know, the more I can help other people. So I love learning about Western medicine. Um, I have tons of anatomy books and, prescription drug books and all this kind of stuff because, again, I want to know more. I'm also a hypnotherapist. I do that quite frequently, and I'm a coach, and I've got seven books now. I don't remember how many I had the last time I saw you, and I go around <laughs> the world when we're allowed to, and I yeah. speak mainly on stress, communication, ego states, yeah. uh, that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah, it's me me in a bucket. Yeah.
0: You're getting sleepy. You're getting sleepy. And when you wake up, you'll cluck like a chicken. Um yeah. Not that no, kind of hypnotherapy. No, no, no. Don't do that <laughs> anymore. <laughs> you yeah, obvious. A- you obviously enjoy your work. You enjoy helping people, which is really what we're trying to do. We're trying to, trying to keep it light. I mean, yeah, this is serious, but at the same time, you know, we've had stuff like this happen down through the centuries. Um, you know, they talk. They've certainly talked about the Spanish flu and the nineteen eighteen. Spanish yeah. flu, they've talked about what the Black Death, the plague, uh, and all of that kind of stuff. And yes. you know and I mean there have been all kinds of different things that are going on. and not everybody succumbs to it. Some people have a strong immune system, some people don't. What about uh, some some helpful, simple suggestions that we might incorporate to help to uh, if even if we're if we're feeling great, Just to be on the safe side, I want to fortify my army. What are some of your first best suggestions?
1: Yeah, there's a couple write-offs that I've actually made my boyfriend have been doing. Um, There's a a formula called Wellness Formula, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, And again, I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not prescribing as we're having this conversation. This is just what I'm doing. Um, Wellness Formula is great. When I was an actor back in Hollywood, I was on uh, the set of a movie. We could only film at night, so we were basically pulling 24-hour days for several days in a row. And the director bought us all a bottle of Wellness Formula and said, it is a requirement on my set that you take this because I can't afford any of you to be sick. This is going to be a stressful environment. We're not going to get to eat. We're not going to get to sleep. Take this stuff. And not one of us got sick. It was pretty incredible. So I have been on the wellness formula thing for a while. Um, There's a great homeopathic formula called Oscillococcinum. It is very useful if you feel a cold or flu coming on or if you have the beginnings of something. I don't know what it would do for COVID, but it works on other things like that. So Ocelococcinum is great. And then you have your standby, you know, Echinacea, Golden Seal, Zinc, Vitamin C to boost the immune system. Uh, but here's, here's the thing that's kind of funny, Richard, is the more stressed we are, the more taxing it is on our immune system. Mm-hmm. So the more stressed we are about money, the more stressed we are about getting sick, the more apt we are to get sick. So actually saying affirmations or using visualization, studies show and support can actually boost our immune system. So by saying things like I am healthy and well, my immune system is strong and resilient, rather than worrying about getting sick, you can actually boost your immune system or visualizing your immune system activating, like visualizing your white cells rushing into your lungs, your throat, wherever they need to be at that time. um, It actually supports our immune system and we can boost immune function by doing things like that. So those are my favorite. You know, I'm a huge mind-body medicine person. That's what my dissertation was on. That's what I do most of my speaking on. So yeah, decreasing that stress and changing your thoughts to positive is gonna make a huge difference. Wallowing in negativity, Not a
0: good thing. Not a good thing. You know, um, uh, my wife, who has a preexisting condition of asthma, has shared with me that ever since she's been furloughed, she has not had to use her inhaler. Now, (laughs) prior to that, she was using it at least a minimum of once a day when she was going to work. And so this is this kind of goes to your uh, situation where you're sitting there going, I was doing 25 to 30 patients a week. Now, maybe I don't want to do that. I'll maybe just want to do 20. And uh, so, so I also told my wife, too, because she wants to retire. And I wish we could afford to have her do that. Maybe through this we might. I don't know. But yeah. uh, I said, consider this a trial run for your retirement. What are you going to yep. do all day? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> now, right now, uh, in these first few weeks... That she has been on furlough, um, she has been doing a lot of sleeping. Although there are some projects that we've been working on together, she'll work on them while I'm away, and then when I come home, we I do the heavy lifting kind of thing. And uh, so at least there's there's a little something. But I say, you know, if you feel like you want to just lay down and rest, then do it. It's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. uh, we're not eating excessively. As she is not um, we're not doing a whole lot of exercising, which we probably should do a little bit more of because at the very least when we would go down, at least she was walking around the clinic when she was taking care of patients and so forth, whereas she's not doing as much. So, uh, that's something that we need to, we need to start working on as well. But I think that your first best suggestion is to do everything you can to find stress relievers Think of something other than your bills. Think of something other than the virus. Think of something other than being laid off, uh, furloughed, uh, fired, whatever. Uh, And think positively, because as I've gone through my short little life of 60 years on this planet, Um, I've been through what I thought were some pretty hairy financial times. Oh, my gosh, how am I going to pay the mortgage or this or that or the other? There's, uh, you know, my credit cards are maxed and da 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 Thinking Mm -hmm. that if I don't don't find a solution this month, this pay period, I'm going to die. Well, just by virtue of the fact that I am here now, as I'm talking with you, Kathy, thinking about all of this, I realize, oh, my gosh. I didn't die. I'm here. So I guess what that means is that it's going to be OK. And this is going to be OK. You know, and again, I, I, I mean, absolutely no. I don't want to be flippant about all of this because there are people who have died. I don't know of anybody yet. I don't know anyone personally, nor friends who know of anyone who has had the virus, who has tested positive for the virus. I know of people who have been tested And the tests were negative. uh, I don't know what that means, but the reality is that this is what we have to deal with. This is where we are right now. Right. And so unless we start dealing with the here and now instead of the there and then or the there and uh, in the future, we're basically in a manner of speaking, we're going to eat ourselves alive.
1: Yes. And Eckhart Tolle talks a lot, it's not just to him, but I mean, uh, he he talks a lot about accepting the isness of the moment. Mm-hmm. And he said, sure, you can absolutely wish that this moment is different. But boy, what a waste of time. Yeah. I wish people weren't dying. I wish this wasn't happening. I wish I could go back to work. I wish I didn't have clients who were suffering in pain because they can't see me. Um, I wish, you know, I wish all sorts of things. Oh, my God, I could wish all day. I can't change any of that. Yeah so to the extent that i can accept the isness of what is going on it's going to help me because i'm going to be less stressed i'm going to be more positive i'm going to be a better influence on other people i'm going to be of more use to others and myself and those people in my specific sphere if i just accept this is what it is right now it will eventually change why why suffer twice why are we projecting into this possible negative future and dragging it back to the now because in the now everything is fine there's no stress in the now there's nothing wrong in the now the the stress and that negativity and that fear comes from either things from the past that we're dragging up to the present or things in the future that we're looking towards that we're fatalizing about and ruminating about and fantasizing about typically in a negative way but right now everything's okay hmm so that's it's about just accepting this yeah. moment for what it is staying present remaining as positive as you can are, are we gonna have negative moments absolutely i had a cry the other day it was an ugly effing cry it was the scrunched face and the blotchy and the tears and the moat the blah kind of thing and my boyfriend helped me until it passed and i went well that sucked and then i went on with my day um <laughs> we're approaching the year anniversary of my father's death oh. so that's that's weighing on me yeah. um my Ex-husband and still very good friend is dealing with. He just lost his mother. I mean, it's like, just like all this stuff is going on, and I just found myself overwhelmed with grief. Well, and as you said earlier in the show, be gentle with yourself. Like, yeah. so you're not. So you're if you want to sleep more, sleep more. This is not the time to force yourself to write the next 15 award-winning books. If you don't, if you don't have it in you, yeah. just rest. We are all dealing with some level of stress right now, even if we're not even aware of it. Just by being on this planet and in this time, we're kind of getting inundated with this stress and this negativity from all outside of ourselves. So to the extent that you can, be gentle with yourself inside yourself. Don't add to that that pile of crap that is being shuffled onto you from the news and social media and the people you're coming in contact with. So just accept the now. Look to a positive future.
0: Would you say that we are collectively in a period of grieving. Is that the best description?
1: Absolutely. We are absolutely in a collective period of grieving. I think that's a phenomenal way to put it. Um, I've been reading a lot about grief. Um, I mean, I had a pretty good working knowledge of it anyway, but a friend of mine, I really want to find this and read it because it was absolutely amazing. I had shared with her something, something that was in one of my newsletters that I received, um, and she shared this with me. Grief, I've learned, is really just love. It's all the love you want to give but cannot. All that unspent love gathers in the corners of your eyes, the lump in your throat, and in the hollow part of your chest. Grief is just love with no place to go. And that was attributed to someone named Jamie Anderson. And she sent that to me and I read that and I went, yeah, it really is. Because if you didn't have love, you wouldn't have grief. So what sort of not pleases me about the fact that we all are grieving right now, we're not really taught to grieve. I mean, I was, that was not addressed for me in high school. You know, I, I didn't do algebra at all today geometry has not come into my, uh, morning at all. Um, but yet here we are, you know, yeah. I, we didn't learn how to communicate. We didn't learn how to be in healthy relationship. We didn't learn to how to ask for what we want or even know what we want. Then we certainly didn't learn to grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think situations like this, um, if we try to pull something positive out of it, which I think we have to, this is having people come together in a way, six feet apart, but coming together and working towards a common thing, um, You know, your enemy becomes your friend when you have another enemy that you've got to fight. And so I think people all over this country, all over this world have sort of teamed up in a way and said, look, we need to get through this. So I think we are absolutely grieving. We're grieving for the loss of of jobs, we're grieving for the loss of our own employment or friends, or um, I think it's bringing up a lot. It's tapping into that collective grief. And I think it's allowing us, it's giving us an opportunity to express it. So let's express that. If you feel like sitting down and having an ugly F and cry, do it. You know, yeah. we don't want to wallow in our feelings, but we do want to acknowledge them, feel them and let them pass through.
0: Yeah. That's the key at the end there. Pass through, pass yeah. through. We uh, don't want to get stuck. Keep moving on through. Go ahead and feel them. And, and you know what? Really feel them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they're there for. They're not to get stuck in, you know. And then once you've felt them, you can move on and feel something else. And feel yeah. something else. And then feel something else. I have to tell you that, that my optimism has been fairly high for the most part. My frustration, though has been over the negativity that's going on out there, uh, okay. over the various factions. One uh, one group that says we want to go back to work, we're smart enough, we know better than to get too close to one another, which I'll throw the numbers at them. Uh, then there's another group that says we went way overboard, we should never have done this because the numbers don't justify shutting down the economy, blah, 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 to the other group of people who are saying this is a dangerous virus, we have no vaccine for it, we have no cure, we have no treatment. Uh, literally, we have to watch you just go through it uh, and, and so forth and so on. And then all of the other factions in between all of those and the uh-huh. blaming, the victim and the shaming. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I think I'd rather have the virus than this. I don't. I, I, I'm not. That's not an affirmation, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just insane.
1: I think situations like this also sort of pull back the curtain you know it's the you know pay no attention to the man behind the curtain Mm -hmm. and it's this portrayal of this one certain thing that we all think is a certain way and then you pull back that curtain and you realize it's this uh this other thing so i think this is actually showing people's true natures i think this is showing their true selves i think it's that opportunity we all have to put on those special glasses that allow us to see other people's essences i think no matter what the situation is you're going to have 30 percent on either end 30 percent that's you know ready to rally in the streets to go back to work and lay on the beach because we're in on their rights. Mm-hmm. Not about taking anybody's rights away, but let's be rational. And then the other 30% of that of um, you know, I'm never leaving the house again. <laughs> and then somewhere in the middle you have the other 40... 40 is that math? See, yeah. I didn't do, ma- I 30, to 30, do math. 30, 30,
0: and 40. You're, you're there. You're there. Yeah,
1: yeah, 40%. I was a theater major. 40% that, you know, are the rational ones that are like, yeah, let's be smart about this. I'll stand six feet away. I'm not going to go licking that railing today like I always do. You know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so I... But I think it is allowing us an opportunity to grow from this. And, you know, I mean, we just had this, you know, again, brilliant conversation. And to acknowledge, I acknowledge that there are people having fear about this. I have friends, dear friends and clients who have social anxiety issues or OCD or fear, you know, PTSD. And I totally acknowledge that this situation is triggering that for you. Hmm. By us having this conversation about looking to the positive and not ruminating and not sitting in that emotion. I'm not negating at all what you're feeling. I understand this is a trigger for a lot of people. I am hoping, and I know Richard, you have the same Think, goal that I do mm-hmm. is I'm hoping through these types of conversations we can acknowledge that maybe there is something positive and hoping that there is something positive that could come out of this issue rather than only focusing on the negative. So I know we yeah. both have the same objective with with this type of discussion.
0: You know, they say that this thing came out of China. So instead of calling it the covid virus or the uh, uh, or covid-19 or the coronavirus, they're calling it the Chinese virus as if it were if, as if <sighs> Uh, It would do any good for us to blame the Chinese, even if they were to blame, to blame the Chinese for all of this, when, in fact, it wasn't the Chinese that spread it. It was other people. And they kept moving and moving and going this place and that place. And and they kept spreading it and spreading it and spreading it. And it's like the Chinese didn't spread it. You did you uh yep. nigerian you uh netherlands person you uk resident you american you south american you mexican you this group and that you kept traveling knowing that this was out there you didn't think you didn't think and that's what we need to do is we need to stop we need to pause we need to find that calm and peace 2020 to your perfect vision go within find that peaceful center Spend some time there i I love the fact that I live up on the mountain above santa barbara and uh even though I can still hear the one fifty four we have a family of five deer that we see every so often. Mm-hmm. We can hear the crickets and or the frogs at night uh mm-hmm. we We can uh uh hear other animals uh throughout We have uh the the cats and we have the dog and we have the chickens, and everybody's safe and and the blue skies right now and I'm hoping we get a little more rain, but you know it hadn't been bad this season. Uh, you know, that was the other thing that really just troubled me was, was the fact that we had such beautiful, cool weather and it was rainy and it was wet and all of this stuff. And it's like, everybody was talking about this other thing and it's like, but I want to enjoy this weather. And then, you know, and I did, Uh and I spent the time I acknowledged. Yeah, I know that other thing is out there. I gotcha, but I'm here and, uh, that's still going to be there when I'm done admiring. So we need to, we need to find those spaces.
1: Absolutely. And you know, the way our brain works is it is it's made to look for negative things in our environment. Mm. And the trouble with being stressed is it ups that game a little it turns the volume up on that uh, because when we're already feeling threatened our brain goes, "Oh crap, I wonder if there's more threats." So we are constantly scanning the environment to look for more negative things. Yeah. Some people are more prone to that than others. But one last thing, and I know we're running out of time, but one last thing, if you guys are in a position to do so, if you're not in your car, um, go ahead and look around your room, your space, and find everything you can that's red. Just notice and remember everything around you that's red. Okay, now, if unless you're driving, close your eyes and try to recall everything you saw that was blue. Mm. right yeah it's very unfair okay the blue stuff didn't disappear it was still there in your environment you just weren't focused on it because i told you to look at the red mm-hmm. so if all you look at is negative mm. you're going to miss out on everything else yeah, yeah. that's my final that's my, I, that's my that's my final statement
0: i had a I great interview i had a great interview with the author of uh, what did jesus say and we were talking about that very thing and i said mm. if you're looking for the devil you're going to find him you're looking yeah. for god you're going to find him so look for the good, look for the positive, look for the opportunities, and you will find them. And your health won't suffer; it will be boy boosted and so forth. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. This has been a lot of fun. I always enjoy having you on the program. We have such great conversations, and I think you're absolutely right. We need more of these, if nothing more, just to get these ideas out, uh, to share our perspectives and so forth. And if we are fearful. To share that too, and saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm a little scared right now," and so forth, and maybe get, uh, and not get someone to fix it, but get someone to help you through, through it. Go ahead and have the good cry, and then maybe put on a happy movie and have a good laugh. Absolutely. Yeah. A website where people can get you is at KathyGroover.com.
1: It is KathyGroover.com. It's Kathy with a K, Groover with a V is in Victor.com, and also KathyGroover.coach. I could do coaching sessions all over the world thanks to these lovely technologies. So if I can help in any way, please, please, please reach out.
0: I love it. And you've managed to stay at least six feet away from me as I have from you. So we are both uh, well-protected in that regard. Again, I thank you so much for joining us. I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. To help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast podcast, love to Lal.